Yes. 1255. And walk. All right. Holy crap, a, what an address that is. Yep. It's actually the name of the town. It's Economowoc. It's like a fun, kind of a fun little thing to say. Got five O's in it. It's the only the only vowel in the whole word. It's five O's. Not true. That's cool. Cool. Every day's a school day. We've all learned something today. That's a that's a that's a town worth living in. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, the the state the the Wisconsin State Pool Tournament used to be held there every year at uh, the. Oh, what was it called? Uh, Hilton. No, it was like right on that. Um, it used to be a ski. Well, it was a, like a ski resort, and then they turned it into. I can't remember what it is. Why can't I remember what the name of it is? But it was, uh, yeah, it was held. Uh, the state tournament was held in Oconomowoc every year. It was amazing. It was like the best oh, venue ever. Cool. Yeah, and now they, then it became an old person home, and then they tore it down. So now it's gone. So <laughs> like, my pool childhood is gone. Sad. It happens. Chris, what's so, your next event? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing at the minute. I might go and play in, in Ultimate Pool for a little bit yeah. for a couple of months. Um, so I'm booked in for Germany, and I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm going to go to America for all of August, September, and a bit of October. Are you in the U- UK Open? Yeah, I'm in that. Um, so that's first, and then Germany. There's no value in going to some of the smaller ones that they put on the nine ball thing. Yeah, just no, no, no value. They're like, yeah, 15, right, fifteen hundred quid to get to, and. You got to yeah. win to kind of do anything. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Difficult. Understandable. Yeah, it's not easy. Jim, went, what's the next one you're playing in? The next big one I'll be playing in, I guess, will be the um, the, the the UK Open. I'm yeah. skipping the uh, I'm skipping the Dutch Championships this year. I'm not going to go to the Euros again this year. So I'm skipping that because I just I couldn't make enough free time this year for all the events I wanted to play. I'm going to go, but I'm going to be in November. I'm going to be playing in the European Championship black ball. <laughs> I'm going to play a little uh, baby ball for the Dutch team. So uh, I decided to go give that a shot this year because I've never been to one of them before. So you're not so, playing the European Championships at all? No European Championships for me. I'll play the UK Open. I'll play the European Open. And then uh, I'll sort of just. Which one up. runs on top of the U- European Championship? Doesn't one of them run on the European Championship? Very close. So it, w- it would mean me having two weeks away from home, kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was just a matter of, of of so much time off, taking so much time off work to play these events, you know, because yeah. they become big events now. So they're all six day events. Yeah. yeah. You know? European Championships is at least eight days. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I mean. It's not my job, you know. I've got a job, yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, they can't. They, yeah, I can't just take pick and choose all the time, you know. And I managed to squeeze the days off for the for the UK Open, so I'm going to go over for that. Um, that'll be the next big one, I guess. Yeah. Great. yeah it's a bit of a shame the G, the GB9 doesn't seem to be happening anything this year. Hopefully they'll get it back up and running for next year, because um, they're nice events to go over to. I mean, it's a nice weekend. A lot of pool get played, so hopefully they get back. But um, other than that, no, I, I don't really have much of a schedule going on this year. Okay. Anybody care what event I'm playing next? No. And, no. no. Yeah, well, there might be people watching who care. No. <laughs> no, also not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
believe I can speak on behalf of the audience. <laughs> Are you laughing too? I was coughing. Sorry, coughing. Okay, I was going to say I don't have to kick off everybody from this podcast today. Uh, uh, One man should not have this much power. I'm telling you what. <laughs> well, what do we, uh, let's? I guess let's just jump into this, huh? Francisco Sanchez Ruiz continues the average season he's having. Uh, he's doing okay, isn't he? Not too bad. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter the format. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know. He just. He yeah. just gets there in the end, you know. If it was sixty-four players races to three, he'd still be in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, he just, uh, uh, yeah, he just adapts and he just doesn't care. He just wants to keep playing. He just wants to keep yeah. keep running racks, you know. I guess and as long miss. Yeah, and as long as he's getting fifty, as long as he's getting at least fifty percent of the breaks, he looks unstoppable, really. Yeah. Amazing yeah. the layouts he was getting, and he, he always on that lowest ball and cue ball in the middle yeah. of the table. It, it was just. He's got it down, and he's breaking from much closer to the center than the rest of them are. So you would think he would have to cut it even thinner, which would indicate to me more chance that the white goes below the pack. But he's still managing to get it back into the into the pack and into the center of the table, which is it's insane. I, I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. And and it was who was it? It was a it was Puggy Lion that that had a little him and Shane had a little bit of a back and forth in the practice room. Shane saying, oh, we can't win against this guy. His break's too good and blah, blah, blah. And Pagulain just trying to say, well, why don't you just copy his break then? <laughs> there's, been, there's been 20 years of everybody trying to copy Shane's break. Yeah. And then Pagulain turns around and says to Shane, Shane, you should just copy his break. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Mike, you're the, you're the closest thing we have to a billiard historian here. And you are a pretty good one. That's because this old. is... Yeah, that's true. Do you think that this has been the best calendar year of any pool player in your lifetime? No. Who's had better? Uh, I, Nick Viner and Mike Siegel both have had years comparable. Comparable. I mean, the titles weren't as lofty as this because it was a U.S. tour back then. All the, but they were the biggest events in the U.S. when the tour had 64 players like you know, and every field was Buddy and Nick and Efren and Earl and whatever. And they had 15 tournaments one year and Varner won eight. <laughs> so that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good year. And it was a year that in those days when top prize 10,000, maybe 15,000, Siegel was well over 100,000 in a year because he won a, a ton of tournaments. So, I mean, I've seen a couple of years where some of these great players have had incredible years. This is kind of it's it's apples and oranges because it's just a different size of field and level of play and whatever. So it's it's a, amazing and an incredible achievement, um, and it, it's it's right there at the top for sure. I mean, if if, if we're recapping, uh, he's won the World Eight Ball, uh, the the U.S. Open, the World Nine Ball, the World Cup of Pool, the Premier League Pool. Second place in the World Ten Ball, right? Uh, what else? I mean, he had a top. I think he had a top five finish at uh, the Derby City Nine Ball, and one of the year before. Yeah, yeah. The, did he? Uh, did he? Did he do second at the European Championships or the not the European Championships? The, the, uh, Euro the European no, the Open, U the UK Open. He got second, I think, didn't he? He lost. Yeah. It, he lost in the first round, and then he went under. He, he went right. all the way through the losers. 
played the maximum amount of matches and just lost in the final to filler. Is that Josh? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, no, no doubt about it. I mean, just a ridiculous, ridiculous. A couple of Euro tours that were in there. Yeah. Yeah. The Would have loved to have seen him win the World Tempo. Would have loved that because that's something that, you know, you not likely see again, right? No. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard enough for anybody to have. Two a of lifetime the, triple the crown three. of those world championships, right? If you, if you, to say you won the world nine ball, world ten ball, world eight ball. Um, well, I think it's all. I think it's only Dan that's ever done it, isn't it? Uh, it depends. You know, his world eight ball. That was the Chinese eight ball, right? Chinese eight ball masters, yeah. 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 So you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm on defense on whether that's triple crown. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just a lifetime triple crown of the world, 10 ball, nine ball, and eight ball would be ridiculous to do it in one year. Mm -hmm. would have just been stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't usually root for someone, but, um, I was rooting for him for sure. He's pretty, he's pretty easy to root for, isn't he? Yeah. Tara has a pretty good, uh, pretty good point. I think, uh, it was a 2008 that Mika won the world, the world, uh, nine ball and the U S open in the same year. Yeah, he had. A, yeah, yeah. There are different players like Miku's had a year where it was, you know, a couple huge, um, you know, wins. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was two thousand eight. If I'm not, when you start getting into five, six, seven major wins in a year, that's that's different. That's next level. That's pretty strong. <laughs> that's pretty strong. I mean, I mean, as far as my lifetime, I I don't. I shouldn't say my lifetime because, of course, I was alive for part of a. The Nick Farner and the Mike Siegel days, but I don't remember a year like this. I remember a stretch of three or four or five years where like players could stack up. I mean, Joshua Filler for a three-year stretch had some pretty incredible wins. Um, Darren Appleton had some pretty crazy wins. Shane had some pretty crazy wins. But as far as like in one calendar year, oof. he has he has he has a, he has achieved more in a year than 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 ninety-nine point nine percent of players will do in an entire career. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's crazy. When you look at when you look at big resume titles, hundred yeah. percent. He's got all of them, really. Yeah, he, well, uh, he locked up he, he locked up a Hall of Fame career in one year. Yeah. Yes, yes. If you, if, you, if, if, if you if you're looking at if, if somebody's turning forty and you've got a group of people and you're looking for a Hall of Famer, if one of them had that list of results, you'd be favorite to take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He can, he can, he can, you know, that's what you know. I've always looked at the Hall of Fame like someone has to have dominated either had a longevity or have dominated a period of time. Mm. And I would say this is, this falls into dominated category. <laughs> he could retire tomorrow and I'm voting for him for Hall of Fame. <laughs> you have to, I think. You got to wait nine years, I think, don't you? I think he's uh, he 31. No, he might no, still be winning everything 30. in nine years. He's 31. He is, mm. No, he's not the same age as me. I think he's a year younger than me. I think he's 30. No, he's 31. He's 31. Definitely. Oh, is he 30? Okay. Nate, okay. I, just, I just said he's 31. <laughs> so, Jim's, Jim's no longer on the podcast. <laughs> I, I thought I was a little bit older than him. Did he just turn 31? Or maybe I'm a year younger than him. One of the two. Don't, don't tell know, me you forgot to send him a card. I did. I, I think I missed it. Uh, I'll just tell him it's still in the mail. It's kind of <laughs> what I do. Uh, so, um, I mean, what do you guys think of the new fo the format? of this it's it's obviously it's going to be one of the goofiest formats of any event for the entire calendar year what did you guys think 
for the PLP. Yeah, it's a it's a nice it's it's a it's a very nice um, maximum exposure television hours. Send a lot of programming to other parts of the world type of an event. Um, I you know it, which has got to be the the model that they're trying to use, I would think, because I don't, I don't get where it fits in the in the grand scheme of, you know, nine ball pool. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's just, it's kind of a different event. I mean, I like it. It's a lot of fun, uh, but I, I have to be honest with you. After ten days of it, I was, I started to lose interest. By, even though the end was getting to the best matches, I had watched enough. I was done. <laughs> I yeah, I think. Um... I don't disagree with you. I think I, I, I really struggled to get into it because I, the medium part, like the middle part of it, like the day three to day seven was really where I was interested in it. And it took me a little while to get interested in it. And really, honestly, it was the Earl stuff that got me into it. It was, you know, him staring down, uh, staring down his opponents and having the whole, I know, but I thought he was going to move thing. I mean, obviously I knew what was going on, but I just, I just couldn't bring myself to really want to turn it on and it doesn't help that you know i wake up at eight o'clock in the morning or whenever i decide to wake up and it's already on match three i mean part of that is it's a bit of a struggle to get into at that point in time but no. i guess like it's, the fun idea, it's fun it is i i think i think that there i think that i i i agree with what you said there when you when you said um i i don't understand where this goes in the grand scheme of things I would like to see this be more like even more of a gimmick. I feel like they're marketing it right now as like a real event that has prestige. And I almost would rather see it more as like a gimmicky type of thing, more like uh, legends of the game. Uh, like, you know, you get five legends of the game, Efren, Earl, Boosty. Well, let's not, let's not do Earl anymore. Let's do like Boosty, Nick Varner, um, even Mike, like a Mike Siegel, Efren, something like that, and get like five legends of the game, five of like the next generation, uh, maybe five women players, and then uh, five of the best players in the world at the time. And just like it's put them all like, in. Just, sorry? It, it is sort of like that. You and I spoke about it the other day. It is good that it's an ex matchroom can experiment with this event and bring in yeah. different players who are not going to get that exposure normally and bring them in. So the, like the Korean lady, Sioa, like, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, I don't know if she hasn't won the week before. Would she have been in it? I don't know. But yeah, I think fact, she was already in it before she won. I, I, I think, think so, already yeah. committed. That's great. Um, but it's good that they're able to just bring those people yeah. in. You know, and there'll be a different bunch of people next year. You know, that's three. This third or fourth time they've done it. Different fields apart from a core of four or five each time. I think it's good, and the format's good because it's, you know, the U.S. Open, the European Open, the U.K. Open. They could just those tournaments could all be each other just under a different name. Whereas this is completely different. It's got its own identity as a format, which I think is good. And they'll probably muck about with it again at some point and change it. But I, you know, I'm a geek for it. So I watch like as much of it as possible. I couldn't get enough of it. I, yeah, sure. I, I it longer. And there are probably other geeks out there as well, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Jim, as a geek, what did you think? I'm uh, along the same lines as Chris. I think, um, you know, Matchroom's got so many events now and they're trying to expand and have more events. They need, they, they need the events to have their own character, their own individuality, you know, and uh, you can't have them all being exactly the same. I like the short races. Uh, it's quick fire, you know, the next match is on again. Boom, 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 boom. 
if there's players in there you're not interested in watching, you don't have to wait long before your man's on again or your girl's on yeah, again. Yeah. You know, you you can take you can take a little break, go away. You know, have your dinner or whatever, have your lunch, come back. Go, oh, well, you know, the guy I want to see the match I want to see is on in 20 minutes or on on match three. You're not waiting very long for it. You know, you know it's not going to be two hours. It's quick fire stuff. Um, everybody's in it in a race to five. You know, we've said it before in Moscone Cup. Uh, anything can happen. You know, races to five. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of matches, so you do see that the, the, the cream does rise to the top eventually as the tournament goes on. It is a lot of pull. I mean, I was on ski uh, vacation for the for the start of it kind of thing, so I didn't see the first couple of days of it. Um, um, but um, I, I enjoy it. You learn a lot. The players learn a lot about themselves. You learn a lot about the players, and we get to see uh, players that we might not get to see very often, and we get to see a lot of them. Which is yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can go to you can you, you can you can have a, a a US Open or a UK Open or whatever, and, and there's a there's a guy there that that has a great result on the first day, and then all of a sudden he gets a little bit of attention, and then people want to see, but then loses on day two, and then you don't get to see him anymore. Whereas with this format, you're getting to see 15 matches from any player in there, you know. So you it's, it's good exposure for the players. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a nice tournament for Matchroom. Um and uh yeah I, li- I like the quick fire Moscone Cup kind of idea the 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 races to 5 I don't mind that in in a format like this. Um you can't have you can't have races to 9 for every single tournament. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no no. Well tell me this from a from a player's standpoint, Chris you too and expose me. Um <laughs> the uh Mike will no longer be in our podcast anymore. <laughs> you just leave my voice in there. Um, so, you know, they thought about this endurance test. And, you know, the way I looked at it, it's like you're playing three races to five a day if you're a player. That's not exactly, you know, Ironman triathlon. But it's not It's not physical endurance you're, that you're talking about. Mental it's your mental endurance. So I, remember, I, I remember the year that Alban won it. Right, right. Yeah, I remember the the year Alban won it. He had one day that he completely collapsed mentally. Yeah. He was gone. He was out. He was down and out. And he only yeah. survived that day. The format was slightly uh, different. Yeah. He just had to survive the day to get to the next day. And he only just survived that day. And he managed to recover from that day. And then he won the tournament in the end. But that day, he had a mental breakdown. Yeah. And Two days in a row, if I remember right. The, the, all these players are struggling with it, the, 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 the mental side of it. You know, you have your ups and downs. You have to recover quickly. You know, it's quick fire. Again, you're, you're on in 20 minutes. You might have just yeah. lost a lost a hill hill just because you, you know, you're because you're, of a bit of bad luck or whatever, or, or you scratch on the on your own break. Yeah. And that I think it's the mental endurance. It's not a physical endurance. These guys have played enough pull. These guys play yeah, all sure. race, races to 120 over three days. They don't care about uh, uh, three races to... Uh, five in a day but it's the mental getting over it you know and i think i think a lot of it as well is finding something to do in your free time because yeah. there are, there is no crowd there you're on your own in there you know i know that some of them have their family and stuff like that with them there but it's very lonely out there when things are not going your way if you don't have just maybe one or two people behind you just giving you a tap on the back saying come on earl or come on jay or come on you know you know it can be very very easy just to sort of fold and think oh yeah, it seems like, yeah. like almost a little bit of a grind for some of them because well, you know, you know, you the match is over and you get up and you just kind of walk away. There's no crowd, there's no clapping, there's no exactly. you know, the winner doesn't act enthusiastically. It's like 
people just kind of yeah. move on to the no next real at, there's no real atmosphere there and it's yeah. a, you're you're playing for that trophy at the end of it and it's a hell of a lot of pool you've got to play before you pick it up and it's a long it's a it's a long week and a half yeah and a lot of playing and a lot of hanging around with the same people all the time like i said the only people you're hanging around with is the group of players that are there you know so it's the same people you might not particularly want to be with some of them all the time you know um it's it's interesting conrad even had posted something about uh the event and pointed to both of those things about mm -hmm. the mental grind of playing all those matches over x number of days and uh and how much he enjoyed just having those down times where the players would just be laughing together joking together Mm -hmm. doing whatever they want so he, he you know he he loved it he thought it was one of the best events he's played in so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I, I think the players that are successful um, in these events are the ones that don't use a lot of energy when they're playing. You know? Uh, like uh, the, the two finalists this year, Sanchez and Jason, they're not, they, they, don't, they don't expend a lot of energy playing. They, they don't do a lot of thinking. They, they're, they're pretty natural. They see the table pretty quickly, and they get down and, and they shoot. You know, so they're not using a massive amount of energy or not as much energy, mental energy, as some of the other players throughout the tournament. Um, and is that's, a, that's a benefit to those guys. Hmm? You can say that about Naoki Oi, too. Naoki Oi is something for him as well. You know, the, the, the guys are the quick thinkers and see the table quickly and don't have to, you know, uh, second guess all the shots they're playing or worry too much about it. And then they are the ones that will be fresher towards the end of it, you know. I think yeah, but I think the struggle is, uh, you know, when you're when especially if you have like a match in between, like a you play a match, have a match down and a match up, getting that that match level focus, because uh, you can't go in, you can't go into <laughs> these matches lazy. Uh, you go into these matches lazy, and you find yourself down three zero in a race to five, and you're done. Yes, yeah, you know, it, it's a matter of getting yourself into mid tournament or uh, sorry mid match level of focus before the first ball is hit, and be able to maintain that until the match is done and then turn it off immediately because you don't want to you know you don't want to hold up that focus and then end up like mentally fatiguing yourself because that is I, I think that i think you've seen that a lot with uh especially at the end of day three and four which to go to your point jim uh if i remember right albin um he had two really rough days where this was when there was seven players per day the the top player moved on to the finals immediately the bottom player got sent out yeah. and then the the other five players in the middle were joined by two new players the next day mm-hmm. and uh albin was uh one away from getting eliminated two days in a row yeah. and then and then found that level of focus and was able to turn it on and end up going on to win the event but mm-hmm. I, I i think it's really the ups and downs of being able to get into mid-match focus at the turn of a you know at the turn of a, a clock and being able to to be able to do that over and over and over again you know what? What was their matches played? Uh, Twenty nine matches. FSR ended up playing. I mean, being able to do that immediately is. I think that's a lot of the difference. And win and win and win like twenty three of them or twenty two of them as well, which yeah. is incredible yeah. in that field. Twenty two, twenty two out of twenty nine. That's incredible in that field. Yeah, that's that's the run he's on just now. You know, and whenever he needs a little rub, whenever he needs a little bit of help, he seems to get it. You know, yeah. and uh, I feel. Uh, I'm gutted for Jay because I, I thought uh, watching that final, I thought this is it, Jay. You've got me here. This is this is your title. This is going to be it for you. And then just one scratch on the break, and then FSR gets gets pretty lucky out of a kick. Jason's got him tied out. He uh, tied, tied up. He plays a decent kick, but he gets pretty lucky with the safe. And you just saw the 
the, the bubble just burst with Jay. You saw his, his the, the life just sort of, his soul sort of left his body. You could see it happening live on television, you know, and um, and that was it. He was never he was never really going to get going to win it from there. It was just uh, yeah. Well, that and I, I, I mean, Jason didn't really do anything wrong in that match, and even even the final safety that he played, um, he looked like he got about a, a third of a ball hook on that one ball. I don't think people realize how good of a, a shot that FSR played in that that final rack to make that one ball. He elevates his cue, and I think he jumps he jumps the edge of that ball, stabs it in with positioning. I mean, we never got a full on look of the the ball but the way that he shot that tells me that he was hooked and he sh- he jumped that with his shooting cue stabs it in with position and then makes a long two ball i mean that is what do you do i mean that is i don't think i don't think any of the viewers have anywhere close to an idea how good of a shot that was or at least the general view they were both great shots mm-hmm. yeah 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 fine margins isn't it because jason was playing well um that's what they that's what they call stealing a victory. I and mean, Jason didn't do anything wrong. FSR yeah. just stole it. But this is it. And 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 when you're on one of these roles, these things just seem to happen for you, you know? Yeah. And he, and Sanchez is on one of those roles just now that the pool gods are looking after him whenever whenever he needs looking after, you know. And uh yeah, ride with it, you know, to take as much advantage of you can get out of it because it's not gonna last forever, let's be honest. Um, and the, the the tide will turn uh, to somebody else. So uh, you know, while it's going your way, grab as many of these titles as you can. And 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 he's doing exactly that. There's no let up on him. I, I was very impressed with the way towards the end of the tournament when he already knew he was in the top four, and then he already knew he was guaranteed to be number one. That he didn't let up. He just wanted to keep winning matches. He wasn't going to stop and take a rest. It's not. I want to keep winning. I want to keep. The winning feeling and keep pushing and keep pushing which uh all credit to him you know and um he's a guy to beat isn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. it would appear well, as such how did you assess jason's end of the match responses and actions i mean just relative to earl getting plastered for not hugging a, a woman player was jason's actions worth commenting on or not well let me let me let me use this as a cliffhanger because uh we are we are turning into a professional show here and with a professional show we need to have some advertisement breaks so we're going to leave everybody on a cliffhanger while we think about that <laughs> Ooh, this could get saucy and when we're back jim you're going to have the first swing how do we go from that question to a manscaped commercial and then back nope. <laughs> <laughs>
Those are pretty sweet cues. Yeah, very nice. They are pretty sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Jacoby custom cues. Go, Jacoby. We love Go Jacoby cues. The uh they're able they allow us to do 99% of what we do over here. So support them. And of course, very if you nice. ever want one of their cues, hit me up. Okay. Uh what we did miss there was Chris hitting himself in the face with a, a bouncy ball. So that's unfortunate. But uh <laughs> You know we can't uh, we can't always get everything that we want. So we just... you want you want to say anything about that, Chris? No, but it's not as bad as that time you made him hit off in the face with a triangle when we were in America. <laughs> I should really uh, I should really find that video and play that sometime. That you you cool. need to dub out quite a lot of the words. I think you need to you need to blank out quite a lot of it. Well, yeah, there's some there's some not safe for work words that were used weren't there <laughs> all right jim we have the question what do we think about jay's response to uh losing the match especially in relation to the way that earl was treated for not giving a hug to a poor young woman who just wanted to hug her hero <laughs> right start with jay um i'm 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 positive and negative about it i mean i i I like the way that it obviously meant a lot to him, you know. Um, he actually went uh, a week before the event. He went over to the UK and he went to a guy, uh, anyone who knows anything about snooker will know the name Stephen Feeney. He's a snooker coach and he does a lot of the, he does the sight right coaching. Oh, right. Um, and there's a player in the UK, Elliot Sanderson, we know him. Uh, he's a sight right coach as well. Alex Laley is a sight right coach. Mark Williams, who won the World Championships after 15 years gap between his last major, won the World Championships. He went to Stephen Feeney, and it's basically an alignment system that they use using your dominant eye. I've had about, Elliot showed me it for about 10, 15 minutes kind of thing. Um, and it works for a lot of players. Uh, and it shows to me that Jason is really invested in his game at the moment. Uh, he's motivated. Um, and he was obviously absolutely gutted to lose that final. Um, on the other hand, would I like him to at least have got out of his seat to shake FSR's hand? Would have been nice. I, th I think that's I think that's probably the least that you could do. His interview, I can understand. He's probably only got negative things in his head while he's been asked, asked the questions by Carl. Um, so he kept it very short. Um, I don't... I don't I don't judge him on that. I mean, you're supposed to be hurt when you lose a big final. You know, it's supposed to hurt you. You're not supposed to stand there and go, um, you know, it's all right. I'm pretty delighted with how I played and it's great. I'm happy with my second place. Jason Shaw's not happy with second place. Never has been, never will be, you know. Um uh, the Errol thing, I think Errol's been harshly treated a little bit um this event. If Errol had done that, he would have been slaughtered by everybody if he had done it um but he's earned he's earned he's kind of earned that through the years a little bit as well you know he's made his own bed uh the whole thing about the hugging i think that's ridiculous people that have been slamming yeah. on facebook for not hugging his opponent after the, the i talked about it there these players these players have all been hanging around each other for 10 days you know how many if this if this if this female player is such a fan of Earl and sees Earl as a legend, how many opportunities has she had to get as many selfies as she wants, as many hugs as she wants, sign jerseys, sign cue balls. She could get everything off Earl she wants in the practice room. Well, she hadn't just beaten him. 
trust me, I've I've met Earl on the table and off the table. Never played against him, but I've spoken to him when he's been I've seen him when he's been playing, and I've seen him off the table. He's two different guys. He's very approachable when he's away from the table. You know, you walk up to him and say, Earl, how are you doing? Can I have a photo with you? Can you sign this? No problem. Anything you want. Know your audience. You know, if, if you're such a big fan of Earl Strickland, you should know that if you go over there and beat him 5-1 and ask him for a hug, you're not going to get a positive response from him. He's not <laughs> going to say, yeah, sure, here, I'll give you a hug. Not many players will. And since when? When did we start hugging each other after a match? It's, a, it's still a professional event, you know. He gave a fist pump as he gave as he gave to everybody. There was nothing different that everything. And okay, that he's mic'd up. All the players are mic'd up, and then people hear him saying, "Oh, you don't want to hug me. It's bad luck to hug me." Blah 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 blah. That's just things that Errol says. Yeah. There is no. There is no reason in the world why he, why, why he should and had to give the girl a hug at the end of the match. There's. It's it's an absolute nonsense. I saw people calling for him to be thrown out of the game, thrown out of the event. It's ridiculous. It's disrespect. It's not disrespect. It's a little bit disrespectful to ask your opponent for a hug when you've just battered them five one. You know, <laughs> that's who. It depends which way you look at it. You know. Um, so yeah, I think I think Errol got handled a little a little bit treated uh, got treated a little bit harshly by a lot of people on Facebook for a couple of things that happened. The the moving the FSR moving thing. I thought that was actually hilarious. That was because, the best. That was I thought the, he was gonna move. I thought he was gonna move. I thought, because even the referee, Desi, the referee, she even started laughing. Yeah. She turned and said, Yeah, but he didn't move. Yeah, but I thought he was gonna move. And she started laughing. It's so Errol. It and it was hilarious, you know, and it's just uh, he doesn't seem to have a filter. He opens his mouth, whatever's in his head comes out his mouth. Yeah, you know. All right, Chris, and, and you some got? of them are absolute gems and other than that, did he really did did he do anything wrong in the event? I, th I mean, he didn't play well. Let's find what? out, Chris. What do you think? Uh, just L. Well, the one thing, the thing he did that was pretty bad was when he was playing the other lady in the event. He thought she'd moved in a chair, and he just stood there and stared at her for like fifteen seconds. You know, staring a hole straight through her. That's pretty aggressive. You know, d doing something like that, it's not, it's not, it's not really on. Um, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see that much. Yeah, I didn't see that. That one. yeah, it's not, it's not good. And that was kind of in the, I can't remember if that was before or I think it was probably after the FSR stuff. But he'd obviously got in his own head, and he it was the it was the match directly after it. The match directly after it, he got in his own head. He couldn't get out of it, and then you know, it's just him being him. He can't control himself. You know. Just never been able to do it. Never been able to do it. It's not. Um, it's not a good look for him. The thing about Earl being in that event was he had an opportunity to go there, and he was going to play fourteen. He's going to play a minimum of fourteen games against good players in a great environment. He's having a free roll. He could have used that. He said he hasn't been playing. He could have used that to build something up, build up some some momentum, get himself going for the next event. He could have used it positively. Like Sanjin used the event. In a great way, Sanjin came out of that event a better player than what he went in. L could have come out of that event in a better place than what he went into it, and he wasted it. And I just don't know the way he behaves that he'll keep getting afforded those opportunities. So it's just a bit of a shame, I think. Yeah. No, come on, Chris, you can do better than that. <laughs> I got mess. I be, got messages. Come on, buddy. You should you be banned for life. Yeah. I mean, when, <laughs> right. yeah. When I when I first seen it, I was. Really annoyed 
when I seen it. So I, I texted. Now's Nate. not the time to swallow your tongue. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I texted Nate and I said, I said I think he's being a bit, he's a bit, bit out of order there. He's not, uh, he's not behaving very well. And Nate, thanked <laughs> him. I those words, him. Nate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Much shorter, more explosive sentence than that. Um, no, I just, I think that that in both Jason's case and Earl's case, you know, there are things that weren't ideal, but you know what, it's, it's getting, you know, everything has to be one extreme or the other in everyone's response. It's either the guy's got to be banned for life from the rest of the sport, or, you know, Earl should thumb his nose at everybody else because he's still the greatest player that ever played and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, the reality is that, you know, should Jason have gotten out of his chair? Yeah, that was kind of a, you know, especially to me, given the circumstances with no crowd. No, I mean, that was the most uninspired tournament title winning nine ball I think I've ever seen. And part of that was because, you know, Francisco Nudity really, there was nobody to cheer in front of. There was nobody to fist bump, whatever. And then he turns around and jumping up on the table. Out of his chair. And I thought, well, that's, you know, it kind of really, kind of really uh, rained on, on what should have been a, at least a nice <laughs> Francisco, but I understand Jason's emotional state at that point too. So it, it's not it's not the end of the world. Earl, not the end of the world. I mean, you know, he fist bumped her, he, you know, he, he shied away from the hug. It, it's not catastrophic. It doesn't deserve to be kicked out of a sport because of that. It's you know, it, I I like. I mean, you can go back to the the world ten ball with the with the whole Mika and Jeff Deluna, you know, sequence. I love this kind of stuff yeah. because it shows there's some personality and some emotion in the sport. I don't want, I don't want everybody to be like FSR. I really don't. Cause then who's FSR He's just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, I, I want there to be some differentiation. I want there to be a couple of hotheads. I want there to be a couple of, of, you know, people who are going to be more disappointed than others when they lose. I, I, I want stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, anytime anything like that happens and people chime in with this, this is why we don't get sponsors in sport because our players act like this. You've never seen an NBA basketball game. You've never seen a soccer game. You've never seen a football game. I mean, come on. The, people, you know, they're, people get heated. People get emotional. People, whatever, are their own personalities. I, I like that in the sport. And they're guys, they're people who could act a little better. But hey, listen, it's not the end of the world. It's, there, it's, there, there, is, there is definitely room for these characters in any sport including pool, but it can't be the only reason that you're relevant. No. The, the, the main reason you're relevant is that you're competing at the highest level. Yeah. If, you are, if you're the bad boy as well, you know, but you're still competing at the highest level, that's fine. You know, don't act a clown and not be able to actually play the game because yeah. then you're just a clown, you know? Um, so it's the, 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 the first thing you have to have is a game. You have to be competitive, and then you can be the bad guy, the good guy, the everybody loves him, everybody hates him, you know, pineapple and pizza, whatever, you know. Is but but have a bit, but be competitive first, you know. <laughs> and Errol's not there anymore, as well, far as being competitive. I mean, so I guess my opinion on it, uh, Jason was out of line for not standing up. I think, um, you look at his face, and I, I don't think that he didn't stand up because because he was like just being a poor sport. I mean, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But if you look at his face, he literally looks like he is almost in shock. Yeah. Like, what the heck just happened to me? Like, I feel like I'm playing perfect. I don't feel like I made mistakes. I got one bad roll. 
And other than that, like, I just feel like his face was like, what just happened? It, you know, everyone it almost has had. Looked, it almost looked like he was going to start crying. Yeah. It was close. Yeah. It was a genuine, genuine. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, he was gutted. It was, and, if, yeah. and for whatever you want to say about Jason, um, I, I know a lot of people that absolutely hate Jason Shaw. And 90% of it is Moscow Cup drama, whether it's, you know, you, you, you don't stand in the king's chair or, you know, the hamming that he does with Joshua Filler, the, the, that he does with Joshua Filler, you know, stuff like that. But there's one thing, there's one thing that I've never found. Anybody who has ever met Jason Shaw and spent more than five minutes around him loves the guy. I mean, love, absolutely loves him. He's like one of the best ambassadors of the sport that you can find. He's, he's constantly talking with juniors. He's constantly giving stuff away. He's constantly, you know, donating to different events to help raise money for, you know, stuff. The guy he's, he's got time for everybody, whether, you know, he's five, you know, everybody needs five minutes after a match to decompress. But I, I shared a booth with him last year with onboard uh, and Jason Sean, we're doing it again this year at the super billiards expo. So anybody's anybody's coming to the super billiards expo, make sure to swing over and say hi to us. But I'm telling you what, I shared a booth with him for eight days last year. And I spent a lot of time with him and his wife and his friends. And I'm telling you what, people are coming over to the booth and he's got time for everybody. He wants to, he wants to sit there and talk to you. He wants to play a couple racks against you. He wants to sign your stuff. He wants to be actively involved with everybody that's around him that would consider him a fan, an enemy or anything. The dude is just a really, really good guy. I mean, he actually is a genuinely good person outside of pool. So when I see his face, maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt by knowing who he is and spending a lot of time around him. But he literally did look like he was just straight gutted and he just didn't know what to think of it. He didn't know what the heck happened. And at the end of the day, when when you look at what Jason Shaw did, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt of he looked like he was just gutted. He looked like he was in shock. And then two, this is out of character for him. I know that, uh, you know, Lil Chris said that he did it with Naoki Yoi too. I didn't see that, so I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, I'm not – I guess he probably did because he's not going to lie about that. So um, I don't know the context around that. Maybe it's a little bit more in character than I think it is. But as far as I know, and Chris, Jim, Mike, you guys can jump in on this, do we think that Jason has any sort of bad reputation as being a, a bad opponent to his – I mean, outside of the Moscone Cup, does does he uh, have a reputation of this? I, I've been playing in pool tournaments with Jason since oh, I was your opposite, yeah. 13 years old. 13 years old, you know. I get, granted, I didn't see him for like 15, 16 years in between, um, but I watched his career all the way through, and I've never heard anyone say, it's you know, probably the opposite. He's always been a good sportsmanship's always been of the highest order. Nothing negative to say about him in that. <coughs> In that space all. Pretty much all the players have got the same uh, idea about Jason. You know, they they hate to play against him, but he, they, they 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 all got on with him. You know, I mean, the, was it the UK Open that last year that uh, Pachelch got to the quarterfinals and uh, Joshua robbed him Hill Hill in the quarterfinals yeah, yeah. when he should have beat him, and Pachelch came off the table and he was basically in a corner, almost in tears. And Jason went up to him and says, "Listen, me and the wife are going to go out for something to eat. Come with us. I'll buy you dinner." Yeah. And he took him out. He took him out for dinner to get to get him away from the arena, to get him out of the atmosphere, to try and cheer him up a little bit. I mean, how many players do that? You know. Yeah, there's. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of people that hate Jason Shaw that don't oh. know him, that have never talked to him from the Moscone Cup days. 
um, where he really hammed it up. At the end of the day, that's 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 you know that's an exhibition. I mean, people are designed to do. You're supposed to do that in those events. But at the end of the day, anybody who spent five minutes around him, and I'm not telling you, you know, next time you see him to go swarm him or anything like that. But if try to have a conversation with him if you absolutely can't stand the guy and just see what he is as a person. I'm telling you, he's a good he's a good dude. Uh, a, lot of them, a, lot, a lot of the Moscone Cup is because that is what Moscone Cup is, and and Moscone Cup needs these the, these guys in there. And Jason's quite Jason's happy to play like they're a little bit the bad guy at Moscone Cup, and he's happy to get him because it was it won't affect him what people are really saying and stuff like that. So he throws he puts it on a little bit thicker than what is what 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 he would normally do kind of thing. But he does that because he feels like that's a little bit his role in the team as well, you know. And so yeah. he does it. You know, uh, Simon Ayers makes a good point there, saying that that uh, it seems like he feels like it doesn't matter what he does or how hard he tries, uh, the you know it, it, the pool gods are going to go against him. Yeah, it's very true. That is that is the rut that Jason's in at the moment, and that's that's how he feels. And it's difficult yeah. to put yourself up every single tournament. And he's probably you know maybe he just needs that one win again, that one real big win. I mean, he got the international open, but it's just in these matchroom events. You know, I said it before. You know, once you're in these amateur events and you're continually getting these invites, you've got to start winning them now and again. Otherwise, does somebody else get your invite? When does it happen that somebody else gets it? You know, and Jason's maybe feeling that pressure a little bit as well. He hasn't won a matchroom event. Um, got very, very close there, and that's going to hurt him, that one. And Sanchez Ruiz is on the other side of the, fe the fence. It doesn't matter what I do. Somehow, I'm going to keep winning. Or somehow, I do keep winning. You know, and Jason's sitting. doesn't matter what I do. I can't get that just... Yeah. get over the line you know it's 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 different you know but uh yeah he's doing the site right stuff and 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 it's good that he's that that he's investing you know that he's trying to change something even if it is a very small thing just a small adjustment you know he took the extension off his queue he's playing with a normal size queue now um and that's obviously something that's happened from the the, the site right training um and, you know, it'd be quite funny if he if he'd snapped that off all of a sudden everybody's got there's a, there's like a hundred different extensions for sale on the facebook like, oh, i don't need my extension anymore look jason just want to turn them out yeah it's up the all these things that happen you know um but, but jason, jason will be fine he's too good he'll win one of these he's too good not to you know i guess to, to close out my thoughts on it it's like i think jason is a little out of line um but i i'm happy to give a pass to somebody who doesn't have a reputation of doing these things regularly. Uh, as far as Earl goes, the, the hug thing, I, I think it's a little bit of a different culture, right? Because, uh, and somebody brought it up. Like if you watch a WPBA event, about 50 to 60% of matches, I feel like end in a hug, you know, they shake hands and then usually they hug. It's just a different thing with the women and the men. I think that the women, the women like to end their matches with, like some sort of hug or an embrace or something like that, especially if they know each other, of course, if you, if you just don't know the person you're playing against. But um, I think part of that maybe, maybe a little bit. And Jim, I think you're a little unfair to her as far as like, you've been around him for like this many days and you just, you wait until the, the moment that you beat him. I, I don't think it, if it's true that he really was one of her heroes growing up, you're intimidated by your heroes, right? I mean, when you know if if you have somebody that you're you know you've looked up to your entire life and you get the opportunity to play them well you're going to be intimidated from them to begin with but then if you beat them it's like all of that pressure is now gone and it's almost like a little kid beating their dad for the first time right i mean it's you want you want to celebrate that kind of thing with them and 
Earl kind of turning her away. While it's in his right, he can do that. I don't think he realized this, you know, what was happening with the that moment from her perspective. And he doesn't have to do that, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're not required to hug anybody at the end of a match. I just, I just don't think that you're being exactly fair to her with what that moment probably meant to her. But, I, but are you, are you considering what that moment maybe meant to Errol? What losing to a girl? If you want to, if you want to put it that black and white, losing five one in a tournament that he's playing in. You know, this is Earl Strickland we're talking about, you know, and then he's a point. Listen, if 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 hugging is a thing that the that, that the girls do and, and, and their thing or whatever, and I didn't see many of her matches. Was she offering everybody a hug or just Earl? Just Earl. Earl is Earl's the only one there that's her hero. Yeah. So, it's different. I mean, that's my I'm, point. Is I don't think you realize I, I don't think you're taking you, into account the fact that this is different for her because it is something that it's a professional, it it's a that, professional pool event. That doesn't, yeah, but yeah, but that comes but, first. That comes wait, first. Now, yeah, sure, logically speaking, yes, it should. But at the end of the day, if this truly is one of your heroes, I mean, you're close enough to a lot of these players. Imagine the just remember the first time that you met Jason Shaw. You know, he was probably one of your heroes at that point, and now he's your friend, so you can't relate back to it. But just imagine if you would have beat somebody that you consider a hero, or, or the first time that you played Daz. You know, you played Daz and you beat him. How did you feel after beating him? It's, 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 it's I didn't go to hug him. <laughs> no, well, I'm saying that, that that part of it is a different culture. But like, just remember, because you did because you did play Daz exactly once, and you like to bring this up to him, and you beat him that exactly one time. How did you feel after at the end of it? He is one of your heroes, right? I bought my beer. <laughs> now, I mean, just you know, just imagine if like you'd have you know if you'd have beat him, and then he just basically like turned you away and didn't even want to. I, I I'm. You're right. I mean, it's a different culture. It's a one. It's a different culture, and I think the women just treat the embracing at the end of a tournament a little bit different. If you watch a WPBA event, I've never seen two men hug unless it's at the end of a finals, and it's like two really, really good friends, and then it's just like a bro hug. It's not a real hug, right? I mean, it's just not a thing in the men's, but it's very, it's very much a thing in the women's. Oh, oh, very amateurish. It was Chris. Jeez, it was Mike. No, that's just that's that's the time's up bell. Let's go, move on. Move on. We've talked enough about the hub. <laughs> the hub, the hub that never was. Ding 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 ding. Okay, so let's uh let's move on then to I guess um FSR. Can anybody in the world stop him? Well, Ooh, we're, we're gonna, gonna get to find, find out. out. <laughs> we're gonna get to find out, right? Oh, here's a lead. <laughs> well, he's one and all against him this year. He's one and zero, but and it was one of the most entertaining matches that I've watched great, this entire year. It was year. a great match. It was a great and match. I, I I honestly think that if 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 you look at FSR in the last year, there is absolutely nobody that's on his level that can play in all of the events that he could play in. Uh, Fedor was always kind of removed from that because the only time that they played in the basically the same event was the U.S. Open, at least for matchroom events. Um, the U.S. Open, I guess, uh, Derby City Nine Ball. The International. Did Fedor play the International Open? I don't know if Fedor played the International Open. Well, Temple. Yeah, Vegas. of course he did. He won the. Uh, remember, he won the Bigfoot, beating the whole Moscone Cup team. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course, he yeah, lost. Yeah. I think he lost in the semis to Victor or quarters to Victor, one or the other. Yes, yes, you're right. Because uh, Victor in back-to-back -back matches beat Fedor and then uh, Josh Filler. So uh, if you look at if you look at their back to you know their head to head as far as those matches, 
basically FSR or Fedor won most of them. I mean, obviously Jason won the international open. Um, but now we're going to get to see them play more on the big stage. What do you guys think? Do you think Fedor is in that category? Cause it doesn't, doesn't appear that anybody else in the world is in F- or, uh, FSR's category right now. Of course you can say Kachi beat him fine. Kachi <laughs> didn't do anything in the last year. It's difficult to say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Everything's going great for Fran at the moment and he's getting the roles. There are still, there are still five, six guys. Definitely. hundred percent category De- 100 without without a shadow of a doubt i would say definitely in his category when he stops winning one of those other guys is going to step in for a bit then another one will come in and fran might come back but there are five or six core guys um that are all at the same level i would say it's just week on week month to month yeah i mean let's let's should be in there he should expect to 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 get into that top group as well yep. we're expecting him to get into that top group um that's what we want to see. We want to see the best guys playing against yeah. each other, you know, and we're going to find out who the best is. And, well, we're actually, I'm expecting that we're not going to find out who the best is because I think they're going to be shut up. I think there's a group of guys there that, I mean, I know Fran's on a run at the moment, but I would expect over the next five years, you talk about that group of five, you, you have a Federer in there as well. The majority of the big uh, uh, tournaments are going to be shared out amongst a group of players. Yeah. I don't think we Wow, you caught a break. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess we don't have to hear from Jim anymore. He's all frozen. Looks, uh, a, little, I will, looks a little constipated. Uh, I will oh. honestly, I will honestly say that it's 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 really nice not to hear from Jim anymore. That uh, well, I'm just saying, one of my four players they won again this week. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, he, Jim's, we haven't heard Jim's, that for a while. Jim's 100 percent right though. I mean, it's going to be split up. Everybody's listen. We're all excited to see Feder get the opportunity. Everybody is. And and his adapted country is like, you know, on tilt, you know, and but he's there's there's gonna be some pressure on him now. It's like, okay, there's been all the talk for the past year, and now it's time to step up and, and get the job done. Um, and he's gonna be fine. He'll do great. I look forward, I mean, we saw the match with him and Francisco in the 10 ball. I can't Pretty wait good. to see more of those. I don't care who wins them. I just wanna see these guys, Josh. Fetter, FSR. I want to see them beat their brains in every tournament. You know, we have one of them in the final four playing the other. I mean, that's that's what we want out of pool. And I think Fetter will get there relatively quickly. <laughs> a fair amount of pressure on him at the beginning to, to all of a sudden, you know, turn it on like a faucet, which is going to be hard. And we saw him at the U.S. Open last year when he finally got to get into a big open tournament with all these guys, and it did not go well. So, um, you know, it's – it, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're just happy to see him get the opportunity. Everybody's happy to see him get the opportunity. And I think it's early enough in the year now where he can start playing all this stuff. You know, do we start Moscone Cup point watching with him, depending on how he does in the first couple of events? Because uh, now, Can I ask a question about the Moscone Cup points? <laughs> Don't the ask me. Don't no, but the, the International Open 2022. That was the first event. That was the first event on the Moscone Cup calendar for this year, correct? Where are those points? Where have those points gone? That was the last year, but they didn't include them this year. So they they haven't put them. They haven't put them on. No, and I don't think they're going to. To be honest with you, because they didn't. They never said that this year was going to be this year only. They had this two-year running total thing, and they. No, but the Moscone Cup is Moscone Cup is always one year. 
They always. never said that. They never yes, said. Yes, they did. They have, they have said that. It's always. The world ranking is a two-year rolling ball. The world ranking is a two-year right. rolling ball. Right. The Moscone Cup has always been a one-year list, and it was announced that the first ranking event for the 2023 Moscone Cup would be the International Open 2022. Right. right. And, and those points, those points are not on the list anywhere. They said that they were that they reviewed everything and they were going to make it a one-year deal and have it from the start of the calendar year. Right. Yeah, but then, but then the International Open is never going to be a ranking event for Moscone Cup. Um, yeah, unless that's not because the players are all the players are always chosen before. Right. And if it's, not, if it's not valid for the next year, then yeah, what's the point? Why have it? Why have it on the on the list? Don't know. Well, I'll guarantee you they're going to end up moving it. Yeah, it becomes oh. it, it becomes a uh, move. What the International Open? No. It'll, it'll end up it'll end up on that point system one way or another whether they backtrack and include last year's or whether they say this year's will start for next year whatever it is but uh i don't see the international open i'll move the selection back i'll move the selection back if i have to do anything well, so you can't yeah i mean well, I just, it all seems strange to me it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter where your year begins does it well the provisional list it does right because the provisional list is the one-year list and that's a calendar year list so right. are they going to have the two-year list a one-year list and then a non-calendar year uh, non what are they using what are they, what are they using the one-year list for then it's it, i i don't know i don't know what the one-year list is for well, it's, it's for, 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 for the cup. Cup. It's it's cup so yeah. then so it, should, so it should start at the point where the team the team has been selected then the next event is the start of the calendar year well, the team wasn't selected before last year's USO, last year's international. Yes, it was. No, the top three. The top three were announced. It was only not, the wildcards. Not true or not, but the teams weren't announced. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, but the top three. So the ranking points, was closed. Yeah, the points people. True. Ranking. The ranking was closed. True. But with that being said, if you, I mean, I I think Jason's a bad example because I think Jason gets picked no matter what. But if you look at the, I guess if you look at the U.S. side of things, does Earl get picked without? Um, without the international open, because he made it, you know, not a deep run, but he made it an okay run. No, he doesn't get. Yeah, but that's a wild card. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I mean, we're we're saying that the the three the three spots are done, but I would argue that Earl probably got that bid from how he did at the um, oh, the international open. I don't. No matter what. Sorry, go ahead because he was Earl Strickland. That yeah, could be. I, I but I, th I think if uh, I think if Shane Wolford makes a deeper run than Earl, I think he probably gets picked. I don't know. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know. No matter what Jason does each year, he's going to get picked, you know. Uh, and I think Earl seemingly, yeah, it, it, it seems that, so. Jay's been picked as a wild card last four years, Jim. Last four Moscone Cups, yeah. He's only uh, he's only qualified for one, yeah. So there you go. So you know, he's a crowd favorite, that's what Moscone is. You know, I, I just don't know if uh, if it matters and, so much. Yeah, and I guess the big wild card here is uh, there's a look at, at the end of the day. There's a reason Earl is getting picked uh, for all of these events, and I have to assume that if you look at the Matchroom gets an, analytics of all these videos, right? They know they there's a reason Shane is on every single stream table, basically every single match. When he's on, people watch. And I have to assume that Earl Strickland, when he's on the table, people watch. So I yeah. I don't think it matters necessarily. 
I mean, at the end of the day, Matchroom is not a pool company. They're an entertainment company and their entertainment companies are going to go straight with numbers. As long as he's not, you know, getting naked and streaking around the, the room. I mean, the, as long as he maintains some level of, you know, decency, I yeah, I could see Earl Strickland continuing to be picked, whether it's the Moscone Cup, whether it is the, the Premier League pool, whether it is, you know, uh, an at-large bid for the World Nine Ball. I mean, sure, I mean, he's going to get an invite to that anyways, but. It's the same reason Chris is picked for the PLP, right? Sure. Because yeah, he's, it's, he gets it's eyeballs. Awesome freaking highlight reel over here in the UK. When you know he played that bank, the uh, escape uh, four rail escape and part of the ball that um, was on the Guardian sports website in the UK. Now the the Guardian is a well regarded newspaper in the Uk and that's the one of Chris posted on there and it was on Sport Bible, you know. So Chris brings a ton of eyes for non-high performance reasons because he's just a freaking walking highlight reel. Um, and L probably same reason, just not highlights from pot and balls. <laughs> Off the table highlight reel. Off the table highlight reel. Low, low light reel. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I think Patrick Neal said that brings up an interesting, how great is it not to have anything on his own for this? I hate that software. I just hate that website so much. I've never had good experiences with it. I'm curious you know, why. I'm curious why it wasn't. Why it wasn't good, or why it wasn't it on? Wasn't on it was all free to I air this time, right? It was all free to air. Yeah, From start to finish. Yeah, it was all free to air. But I mean, that's not the way they originally announced it when the first oh. when the first uh, Matchroom press release came out on the PLP. It was Dazone. Oh yeah, right. I, I mean, so I went. Know. I went. And, I went and searched for it uh, on DAZN and I couldn't find it. I'm like, what the heck's going on? All these people are talking about these updates on Facebook. And I'm like, I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And somebody sent me, I'd actually asked somebody who was watching it that made a post about it, where they're watching it from. And they're like, YouTube. I'm like, what? why is it on DAZN? But I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why DAZN would fill up any, try and fill up any of their airtime with something on a subscription model when people can just watch it for free. It wouldn't make sense for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's I've got no experience with this one. I don't use it. I mean, so yeah, you're in the UK, right? But it wasn't on Sky there. It was just it was just YouTube and I just used yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, just YouTube, the two YouTube channels, which was great. Yeah, which yeah. Was great. Perfect. Yeah, watch them both at once. Brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. I, had, uh, I had YouTube on my TV and YouTube on my, my iPad and watched both of them. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to find the uh, the original PLP poster to see if um, yeah does I mean DAZN yeah DAZN is on the the posters yeah it it's, was on it was on. in their first press release so I don't, I don't know I never hear I never seem to hear very many positive things about DAZN but no. uh, like I said I've got no experience with it myself it's constantly buffering uh, it doesn't show up there sometimes I I don't know I just never had a problem with it. Or I, I've never had a good experience with it. I mean, you shouldn't have to. I mean, let's put it this way. If I want to watch something on Netflix, I go on Netflix and it's there and it works perfectly every single time. You never have to think about whether or not, you know, what you want to watch is going to be available. And of course, Netflix doesn't do a lot of live things. So maybe there's, there's a wrinkle in there, but I don't know. I don't know anybody who likes to zone at the end mm -hmm. of the day. So if, if, if this is the case going forward, amazing. I love it. Free pool is the best pool. Plus, you know, no one's going to pay $10 who's never watched pool before. 
you know, if you happen to come across something on YouTube, maybe you watch a couple of racks, maybe you like it. I don't know. I think there's there's so much more to it business wise that that's going to impact what they mm-hmm. do. I mean, it, they've got sure. their big broadcast deals with Sky. You know, that's not going to happen if they know that anybody around the world and in the UK can just turn on and watch it for free. free. Yeah. So, so. You know, that's why they, that, that's, that, that's why they're working towards as as much multi-table viewership as possible, you know, and right. have and and you know and then you'll have your 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 main two tables on Sky perhaps right. eventually. I'm talking about your main right. two tables on Sky with the big names on it. If you want to watch free pool on YouTube, yes, but you're not going to get the big matches. You're going to get like the right. second tier matches or whatever. But your final four eight matches are always going to be <laughs> on that. On you want to watch? You want to you want to watch quarterfinals onwards? You need to pay for it. Simple as yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, and I that's, think that's what I would assume. I think at the end of the day, there's, there's, I mean, we're looking at this from a very micro perspective, but the macro perspective is people are going away from these big, big broadcasting channels anyways, like the Sky Sports and the ESPNs and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jim and Chris, you guys can talk to this more from a European perspective, but in the US, I mean, even ESPN, I mean, there, it's not that that broadcasting channel's not dead, but I mean, it's doing fractions of what it used to do. And I listen to two, you know, I listen to first take every single day and I will listen to PTI every single day, but I listen to them on my phone. I listen to them in podcast form. I haven't turned on, I haven't turned on ESPN to watch something for probably, I mean, outside of maybe a sporting event that's on ESPN for probably eight years, probably is my guess. Uh, In fact, I haven't had ESPN since I was back in college. So it's been at least 10 years. I don't watch networks. I listen to everything in podcast form. Um, I know that my generation is very, very similar to what, I mean, there's a reason that everything is now a streaming channel. Everything's on Hulu or on uh, Peacock or Netflix. I mean, people just don't buy basic cable anymore. So these big sky sports are, I mean, there's Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Tonight would be a good example. So when Jim and I leave here, I bet that Jim is probably going to go and turn on BT Sport and watch Liverpool versus Real Madrid. I'm going to do exactly the same thing. And so are probably two or 300 million people in Europe. You know, hundreds of millions of people will watch that game tonight across different networks where they're affiliated and not sort of Sky Sports for me or BT for me. Is it on Ziggo for you, Jim, or something? Uh, well, I've actually got a TV that's connected up to pretty much anything. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of go into my TV and just search Real Madrid against Liverpool and I'll get about 10 different providers. Yeah, and there's just one. Yeah. Sports networks is massive in Europe, just just yeah. huge because there's so much content, live content. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So you guys, so basically, but it is, it is, what you're saying is is the the only reason you have these things now is for live sporting events, really. Yeah, yeah. Because what we use, what we would refer to as terrestrial TV, there's no point now because you can just go on. I mean, I've got IPTV on my television. I've got every single. Uh, uh, show and series that you could think of, so I never have to wait until next Wednesday because next Wednesday the next episode of the series that I want to watch, I've uh, just I binge watch them for like four days and then it's done and then I look for a new one. You know, it's uh, yeah. So it's live sport is the only thing you really that you yeah. you're relying on any sort of a TV networks for now. And Mike, Mike, you agree with me when when I say that that's the same yeah. exact basically in the US right now. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> So like the Sky Sports that you guys were talking about, like they're not going to be happy with, you know, them giving away free product on YouTube. I, I think I think that these big these big sport networks in the U.S., it's Fox Sports. Um, 
MS or uh, NBC Sports, uh, ESPN, these big sport sporting channels, they're finding ways to get more incorporated into the streaming world. I mean, NBC now streams all of their live sports to Peacock, for example. Um, ESPN is trying their hand at uh, ESPN Plus. They're kind of like streaming uh, their own personal kind of like sports streaming channel. Um, I, I it's I, I just think that we're in a huge evolution right now between how we consume live sports. And at the end of the day, like, I don't think that DAZN is the future of pool, but I don't know what it is. Because at the end of the day, I'm not buying a cable package so that I can watch the Moscone Cup. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd rather buy a ticket and show up live than it just buy depends a cable on, package. It depends on how obligated Matchroom is to using DAZN because of the boxing contract. Yeah, they are massively. What, what, you know, what I... I find it hard to believe that the zone is holding a gun to Matchroom's head saying that, you know, if you want to hold on to that boxing contract that we have, we better see all of your pool on the zone. I just yeah, we better see, see that happen. So I do think that there'll be options for uh, Matchroom going forward. It's just how do they monetize it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, equally, Matchroom, um, the bigger companies that form Matchroom um, aren't going to um say the matchroom pool go off and do whatever you want away from any contracts that we got with them you know if matchroom as a whole are contracted to design to deliver content and design have first refusal in certain territories they're just they have to go with the flow there's nothing anybody can do about it you know it is what it is shame though if the platform doesn't work and you can't watch it all that's pretty shit. yeah yeah i mean it's it's like a I mean, I'm at, I'm at a lot of these events now, so I mean, I don't I don't deal with it as much as many people, but there's a lot of the times where I'll get text messages. Like at the U.S. Open last year, apparently DAZN was really struggling, um, and I was getting text messages from people saying like, "How do I how do I get DAZN to work? How do I get DAZN to work?" And I just take a picture of the arena and say, "You'd show up on site." That's what yeah, I just said to everybody. Like, <laughs> you didn't you didn't buy you know. 300 DAZN subscriptions for last year's Moscone Cup and field questions from everybody every day about how to get out to the damn thing. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's tough action right there. Bet you won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, not going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else anybody wants to discuss? I, I guess we didn't really talk a whole lot about the Fedor, and but that's just—I mean—that that's kind of just news. You reported as is, and I think we're going to—I think we're going to be doing a lot of talking throughout the year now about Fedor because we're going to see him now. We're going to see him battling against the best guys. We're going to finally see what his nine ball breaks like. I haven't seen him break a, a rack of nine ball for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Of, unless it's, it's on a bar table. <laughs> yeah. So um, I can't wait. I want the best guys playing against each other. I want Fedor back in there. Where he should be, and um, I hope he doesn't have any other restrictions with uh, travel now, or with other countries refusing him entry or, or stuff like that. I hope that. Uh, uh, I think that there might be some concern with uh, uh, European Open. Germany, uh, yeah. yeah, possibly, but you know we'll find out as we go forward. Yeah, I think that was one that was originally mentioned as a concern about whether or not he was going to be allowed to play. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine if there was if there was to be another tournament in in, in Poland or something like that. Then yeah, yeah. Be might be a little bit rough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although uh, again, not playing under a Russian flag, it just you know, do you just not? And and does he want to roll the dice? You know, rolling into one of those countries and trying you know trying to get yeah. out. 
That's it. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a shame that that's still the situation it is, but uh, yeah, at least we're gonna at least we're gonna get to see him in some events. He's free to come to the UK, yeah. and uh, that's where the big events are going to be for the for the for the, the majority of the year. So um, yeah, he's got his he's got his spot in the Masters UK Open. He'll be there for the UK Open. He's free to play Moscone Cup now, I guess. Uh, so uh, if selected, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, very much. It's going to be interesting to see when they announce, you know, who the European captain is. Talk to him right away about what they think of Federer. Well, I don't know. Has, has, there, has, 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 we get this year. <laughs> has, has, there, has there been anything mentioned about when that might be announced? Not that I'm aware of. No. Who's your guys' prediction? Who do you think it'll be? You know, I, I don't know. I, I would I would think maybe Niels, but I, I think that he probably still wants to try to play. Who knows? Don't really care. We'll wait to see when they say it. I say I say it's Darren. I I I, I think it could. It could be Darren. It could be. I don't know, but it could be. But we'll see. Over time, they'll they'll put it out. I don't know when they're planning on doing it, but we'll we'll find it out. Just makes sense. It just makes sense for it to be Darren, especially after what happened. You know, it's a great it's a great story. Him coming back, um, having it. He obviously, I don't think he's going to be <laughs> at uh, at his tippy top performance wise by the end of the. You'd have to get doctor's clearance. To put himself under the stress of the Moscone Cup, I think you'd have to have a note from his doctor for sure. Yeah. So I think there's a long way to go before anybody could say, "Well, we'll just pick Darren; he'll be the guy." Uh, so, uh, but anyway, hey, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Dan, I mean, maybe that's why it's taken so long. Maybe they're leaving it as long as possible. Maybe they've had talks with Dan and said, "Listen, let's." Yeah, I would see think that they would have to do some due diligence. Let's, let's, let's see how your health is yeah. come July. Yeah. You know, rather than making him commit to it right now. Right. We're forcing them to commit to it now, right now. Maybe that's why there's been a slight delay to it. I mean, um, they always have a great backup plan in Carl. He's a great yeah, for just about no, they, he's full time. He's full time pundit for them now. I don't think they want him. I think I, I honestly, I really think he's 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 done such a good job at what he's doing now. I think he's too valuable to them there to have him out in the arena. I think they they lose a large part of their production 100%. If, they put, if they put him out there as captain. Yeah, definitely. I think he's way too valuable. He's 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 kind of burned his chances of being Moscone Cup captain because he's too good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could be. Yeah. Well, don't all right. tell him I, I said gotta... that. He's, don't tell him I said. Oh crap! He's probably watching. Oh, I know. Last, last last time I complimented him on the postcard, he started sending me messages saying, "Are you sick, Telfer? Is everything all right? What's going on? <laughs> Do I owe you money?" <laughs> uh, well, all right. That's all I want to talk about. Anybody else got anything? No, yeah. me and Chris are going to go and watch the football. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> and everybody else here should go straight over to Billiard Digest and get yourself a sweet subscription to this. A hundred, yeah. I, 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 phones are the phones are ready. All the uh, all the receptionists are there manning the phones. All the receptionists. <laughs> <laughs> Susie, the time life girl. <coughs> It's. I, I'm actually surprised how cheap it is. It's only like 25 bucks a year, right? Twenty-eight. Yeah, it's like it's like dirt so cheap. Short. Really? I only paid fifteen. We get the European version. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't get the middle part. You just get the cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the European version with the correct spelling. Hundred yeah. percent. Twenty-eight. Operators are standing by. Thank you. Twenty-eight <laughs> bucks gets you seventy-five magazines a year. 
Perfect. <laughs> yeah, almost 75. All right. With that, we'll close it out. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. See you.